Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you worked in healthcare and your boss asked you to do something in a completely incorrect way, what would you do? We'll get to that, but first, okay, what do you want in the letter? When I was a young lad, I worked in student conduct at a college. For folks unaware, conduct is a fairly complex part of higher education where we have to comply with the college policies, federal laws, state laws, and various court rulings. One of our policies was that if a student was a threat to the safety of the campus, we could remove them temporarily from the dorms, from a class, or from the entire campus. Our policy said that we should be careful to only remove students from areas where they present a risk. That's basically a fancy way of saying, don't kick them out entirely if removing from the dorms or class is enough. The prior five or six times we thought a student was a risk, they were removed from campus entirely. I hated this since the students weren't. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that after finishing a small questionnaire will match you with a licensed therapist where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Threats to classmates sometimes. So, my turn comes around to decide if a student is a risk or not and how to proceed. I decide she did present a risk to the dorms, possibly selling drugs, but not the rest of the campus since all the sales allegedly were in her dorm room. The college lawyer was not pleased with this, 
He calls the dean of students, the dean calls my director, my director calls me. Since my decision may bias my director when he meets the student later, general counsel says I can't discuss the case with the director and to look for an email from general counsel. General counsel starts bearing down on me, asking for policy citations, my rationale, asking if I considered the police reports, which I hadn't been given prior to hearing the student's side, and saying the student was known to sell in the dorms for years. I refused to change my decision, and general counsel got furious. He tried to drop some orders, but couldn't since I don't report to him at any point. Plus, I had policy on my side. Breaking them opens up all sorts of lawsuit potential. But, tired of his lambasting, I decided to offer some compliance. General, you clearly have an outcome in mind. Send me the language you want in the letter to remove the student from campus entirely, and I'll send it on your behalf. Half an hour later, he replies that I don't have permission to use his name on anything, and that he'll speak with the dean. I never heard back from general counsel before he was let go during the pandemic, and have his email tacked up by my desk to remember the time I outplayed a lawyer. This goes without saying, but if you're asked to do something that is clearly against the norms or the rules, as they're usually stated, make sure you get that in writing from whatever authority is ordering that. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of compliance, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is cardboard boxes and tape will not protect us from the hurricane. A bit of background info, I used to live in Florida and I've experienced almost every hurricane that ever passed through here. This story takes place in South Florida in an apartment complex. Our apartment has a glass screen sliding back door that leads to a small balcony behind the building on the first floor. This was more than five years ago. As the eldest in a single mother family, I am the de facto head of the household. Father was not in the picture. I don't remember the name of the hurricane we were waiting for, but there we were, my mother, my sister, and myself in the living room, thinking, how would we protect the glass screen door from the hurricane force winds coming soon? I forget if it was my mother or my sister's genius idea, but the idea was to cover the outside of the window with cardboard boxes and tape. Not even duct tape, transparent tape. It was all we had. I sort of looked at them with a confused look and asked, how is the cardboard going to protect the window, glass sliding door, from the hurricane? Are we using anti-hurricane tape? My mother and sister get mad and give some illogical reason as to why it would work. I shake my head, still confused, and explain that this isn't going to do diddly squat. I trust I don't need to explain to anyone why this wouldn't work. My sister gets really mad and says, Instead of criticizing our ideas, why don't you just help? My mother on her side yells to me also, Help your sister, this will work. Cue malicious compliance. At this day and age, the wise ones know, there's no arguing with idiots. Not to call my family members idiots, I love them, but I mean, really? Cardboard and tape? Sometimes you gotta let people make mistakes so that they can learn from them, so I complied. What do you need, I say, annoyed but compliantly. Help us hold this cardboard up to the window. I comply. Together, we put a ton of flattened cardboard boxes on the window, held together by a ton of tape. The entire time I was a robot, complying with the commands given to me. Inside, knowing that as soon as the winds would come, well, you know. Even as we're putting up the cardboard and tape, all I hear is, 
You're not the only smart one. Everyone's ideas are valid. My idea's good too, it'll work. When we finished, we all went inside to wait for the coming storm. As the storm came and gradually increased in strength, we waited in the living room to see what would happen. I might need to add a disclaimer that we are all Floridians and Latinos. We are totally comfortable with hurricanes. When they come, we don't hide in the bathtub, we throw parties. We're all ready to meet our maker, so I hope I don't need to explain the culture behind why Floridians do this, or offend anyone who may not understand why we're not huddled together, holding hands, waiting for the end. Also, I'm pretty sure it was a low-category hurricane. The ones we typically party in, if it's a Cat 4 or 5, then yeah, we would be praying for mercy. Anyway, as the winds pick up, lo and behold, what do you think happens? The softest gust of wind, or maybe the accumulated water everywhere, turns the cardboard and tape to mush. It slides off and plops down into a pile of trash just outside the window. With the most deadpan look, I slowly turn my head to look at my mother and sister. The look of embarrassment on their faces was priceless. The silence was deafening. I didn't even have to say anything. All I did was look back at the window and sigh. We didn't even bring it up anymore. Well, as expected, the hurricane came and went. Completely forgot the name of the one that happened during this story. As always, flooding, downed trees, trash everywhere, typical hurricane damage. The story essentially ends there. I think from this point onwards, I always bring up this story when my family doesn't listen to me. I remind them who's the genius, and then they do listen. And you know what? Their lives are the better for it now. So I think there's maybe like some preconception of the idea of putting cardboard on the inside of the glass, but that's just in case like the glass shatters. It should hopefully prevent most of the glass from like flying in. But as far as external protection, especially in a hurricane where rain will probably go sideways for a while, it's a pretty low IQ move. Our next story is, I can't put up a poster? Enjoy your allergies instead. I work in an office building, think a maze of cubicles and a floor rented by the company but owned by the building. My supervisor is a warden wannabe, and for that we'll call him Warden. He patrols the cubicles looking for any excuse to verbally degrade anyone. Phone buzzing? He'll pay you a visit. Getting up for the bathroom? He'll be waiting for you to get back. You get the picture. Recently the building moved us to the first floor to make some repairs to what I believe was the sprinkler system and AC. We were the smallest company on the floor, so we got put into what I assume used to be some room to house custodial or mechanical supplies. It's small, nearly all concrete, and smells like chemicals and rust. In the new floor, there's a hole in the wall I'm up against. It's an ugly concrete indented hole. It's like someone cut a one foot by one foot by one foot cube out of the wall. I hate wasting space so I asked the warden if I could put up a small poster to cover it up. He immediately told me it was against company policy and that I should check company policy before asking such stupid questions. Cue malicious compliance. I contacted HR and asked them on the rules on plants. Really, I just walked over and asked nicely. They replied that as long as the plant wasn't egregious in size or in poor health, plants were allowed. A few days after Warden and I's conversation, I'd put a small potted plant of ragweed in the hole. If you aren't familiar with ragweed, it's a pretty bad allergen. And wouldn't you know it, but the Warden has an allergy to pollen and this plant triggered it. 
He was reaming when he saw it and yelled at me to get rid of it, but I told him I checked with HR and it was approved. He ended up leaving in the early afternoon due to feeling unwell. The warden avoided my area for a while after that. The ragweed ended up growing to be about a foot tall before I planted it in a bigger pot on my back deck where it flourished for the rest of the season. I know it's not as intense as some of the other stories in here, but I'm just so glad to finally get my chance to get one on Warden after all he's done to me. I just don't understand people like Warden. Like, I know they have a job to do, but it feels like they have fun by not having fun or by making sure nobody else has remotely any good amount of a time. I just couldn't imagine being somebody that walks around policing everybody saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Don't you dare put a poster up there. How dare you take a bathroom break? Just how bland and sad is your existence? That said, our final story of the day is, my boss asked me to recruit unqualified people for a healthcare job. I used to work at a home health facility that did some pretty terrible things, but that's another story. I was hired as a caregiver, but my role was more of a combined performing the tasks of a caregiver and administrative tasks such as payroll, filing documents, contacting people of importance for our clients and facility, etc. All for minimum wage, I might add, but this was my first job, so I wanted to do the most so I could use them as a reference in the future. My boss is not very tech-savvy and doesn't really understand the most efficient way to go about things. For example, she had us clock in and out using an Excel sheet rather than using a payroll system because it was too complicated to set up. Nonetheless, one of the tasks she gave me was to send out requests for work to people applying on a certain job website. Rather than post the business on the website, she would just send requests to people that labeled themselves as looking for work. She thought this could save the company money and that this was faster than waiting for people to apply. If you've applied through a job listing website and received those pre-written, check out this job opportunity at X company, we were basically doing that. I thought it would be more beneficial to sort the potential recruits in certain categories by using the site's keyword finder to look for applicants with terms like caregiver or behavioral health to yield a better pool of candidates. Doing this method of mindlessly sending out emails, I would pump out around four to 500 emails to qualified candidates and we'd receive maybe five to six interested applicants. And of those applicants, no one was interested in the job because of the abysmal amount of work that we had to put in. My boss was not happy and asked me to show her how I'd been doing this process. She told me I had to pick up the pace because I didn't hire you to slack off, but I wasn't. I was making sure we only got applicants that I thought would either be interested in this line of work or were experienced to give the residents the care they needed. She wanted more applicants? Fine. I turned off the filter and started sending out requests to all available people. Had a degree in engineering? Here's a request. Past work experience as a line chef in a five-star restaurant? Here's a request. I sent out over 2,000 of those pre-written emails in a day. And before anyone asks, the site had this function that allowed us to put in a pre-written job description as well as my boss's contact information, so all I had to do was hit send. 
My boss came back near the end of my shift and asked how many emails I was able to send out. I told her, a little over 2,000. She smiled and said, do you see what you can do when you put your mind to things? I rolled my eyes and clocked out. The next day, my boss looked drained. Remember when I said her contact information was on those pre-written job descriptions? It turns out that she had been receiving notifications non-stop, either through email when people reject or accept the job request, or when people call her to inquire about the job. She told me, why do I keep getting calls from people who have no experience in healthcare about this job? I just got a call from a security guard asking if the position was still available. Keep in mind, she can't just put her phone on do not disturb because she's literally running a home health facility. So a call from a doctor or pharmacist regarding a change in patient care cannot be ignored. I guess she didn't get a lot of sleep that night, but that's not my problem. So I continued to send more requests that day. By the end of the day, I had to apply a filter that screened candidates who had not been active on the site for over a month just to get some new names to send to. I left shortly after this, and I still have that pre-written email that was sent to me before I started working there. I hope they're still as short-staffed as ever. I'm of the opinion that if you're a business that is looking for applicants, but you can't even put in the effort to put your business out there on a basic job search website, do you really deserve to be a flourishing business at that rate? If you need people who are interested in the jobs you're trying to fill, how is your thought process going to, and we'll just send out some cheap spam email and if they come in, they come in. It's like no wonder you're struggling. There's no care for their work or their business. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another awesome compliance story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.